0: Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Flashback Fridays on Real Talks. I'm your host, David Steele, and I'm flying solo for this one. Anne is under the weather and we will be back soon. This is the 12th episode in a long line of them that will span over the course of several months as we analyze, critique, and dissect each and every Marvel film in chronological order. Last week, we did Ant-Man, and this week, we'll be talking about Captain America Civil War. Just a friendly reminder, if you like what you're hearing, you can follow us wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Just search Real Talks. That's R-E-E-L Talks. Just like my name, S-T-E-E-L-E. Also, you can follow us on social media. I'm on Twitter at WannabeRounder, LinkedIn, and on Instagram at Caduta. Just a couple of quick announcements. Our revamped Patreon channel is now live. You can find it by typing Real Talks into the search bar. Let me tell you a little about it. We're offering four different affordable levels you can support us at. $3, $7, $15, and our highest is only $20 per month. If you do choose to support us, you'll have the opportunity to get some great perks, such as your name shouted out before every podcast, Cool merch. And if you're one of our major contributors, you'll get a one-hour monthly Zoom meeting with Alyssa and myself. Not to mention, one not published podcasts? For more details, just go to the website. I'll leave the link in the description. So without any further ado, let's dive into the movie. So let's dive right in. So this was made by Marvel Studios and distributed by Walt Disney Pictures. And so I should say this outright that this won the weekend hands down. So it was actually released the first week of May in 2016. The other five movies, the top five movies other than Civil War was The Jungle Book, which made $9.5 million, released in the middle of April. Mother's Day, which was released at the end of the month, on April 29th, that only made $3.5 million. The Huntsman Huntsman Winter's War, which was released the week before, on the 22nd. And that only made a meager $1.5 million. And finally, Zootopia, which was released in March. And that only made $1.3 million. So you can see that at that point, there was some um, other films. in the theatrical window, obviously, was still 90 days. This is well before the pandemic, so you can definitely see How long these movies stayed in theaters for. So the budget for this was a whopping $250 million. This was one of the first pictures I believe that Marvel had a $250 million budget. And it was well worth it. And we'll get into that a little bit later. So this was written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. And they besides the Russo brothers and by the way this is the second movie that they've directed so the first one obviously was a couple of weeks ago when we did Winter Soldier which i believe truly saved the MCU but so this was written by Christopher marcus like i said and, and Steve McFeely and they wrote Captain America First Avenger Thor the Dark World which wasn't so good Winter Soldier as i just said they did will eventually and have done Infinity War and Endgame. So, I think these four people, Joe and Anthony Russo, Stephen McFeely, and Christopher Marcus, essentially saved the MCU. This was as good, if not better, than Winter Soldier, just because there was so much going on. So, as I said, the Russos, this was the second one that they've done, they did all four. It had a huge opening, with $179.1 million, in over 4,200 theaters. And... That's an incredible opening for what it was. Uh it went on to make a little over four hundred million dollars domestic, which is insane to even think about that. And it made over a billion dollars worldwide. I mean, it goes without saying. It was interesting though, because this is the third so it was the thirteenth highest opening weekend of all time. That think about that for a minute. Thirteenth largest of all time. Now, you can obviously figure out what a couple of them were. Avengers Endgame, Infinity War, Spider-Man No Way Home, Black Panther, uh, Jurassic World, you know, some others. And this was the 10th largest opening for Marvel at all time. So that really goes to show you that this was one of those films that really, it was amazing in all fronts. You know, people, when I talk to people all the time, I put this on the short list of, you know, if they say, well, give me five films to watch for Marvel. This is absolutely on there just because of the story, just because it has all the characters in it, just because it has, it's just so well done. So this starts out in in 1991 and we see Bucky Barnes brainwashed who's already the Winter Soldier, and it, he causes a car to crash. And he recovers what, so he goes to the trunk and opens the trunk up, and we see what this blue serum. And that is the stuff that essentially is going to make these super soldiers. So after the Avengers and Ultron, Thor is nowhere to be found, and Hulk is nowhere to be found. Hawkeye has gone home to spend time with his family, and even Iron Man has been completely disengaged at this point. So there's a new round of Avengers at this point. We have Captain America and Black Widow who are leading the charge. But we haven't. So there's going to be Scarlet Witch, Vision, War Machine, and Falcon. So, But they definitely, people have not forgotten how much damage the Avengers, while they may have saved the world, they have caused a lot of chaos in their wake. So we move on to Nigeria. And they're tracking the movements of uh, Rumlow, who of course is uh, Frank Grillo. And he was a Hydra agent that was actually in one of the helicarriers at the end of Winter Soldier. And when it got fired upon, it crashed, and he managed to survive. So badly burned, he goes in there, and he's wearing a skull mask now. And he goes by the name of Crossbones. So his team, he and his team are going in there to get this virus that they want to destroy the world with. So this uh, garbage truck they use for battering ram, and it's a pretty cool sequence. So you see that the truck just slam in and then flip over and completely break the whole area up. We have, uh so once they go in, you have a couple of trucks go in and these soldiers just start shooting everybody. So we have a chase. And once that happens, then um, they ditch the truck and then it, they're spread out. So they, this team separate. And so there's two sets of teams at this point. So you have Black Widow, Scarlet Witch, and Captain America, and... Falcon actually going after him. So at that point one of them comes up empty so just when it seems like it's going to get out in the open uh, Black Widow catches the vial because uh, Red Wing actually shoots one of the tranquilizers in one of the guy's necks. Meanwhile Captain America is embroiled in this big fight with Crossbones, and so he actually, he's actually getting beat up pretty well and so he grabs uh, Crossbones and says, you know we got you That essentially, we have you this time. And he says, well, Bucky remembered you. He's like, what? So, of course, that triggers, you know, memories. So, he's like, yeah, he remembered you. So, he got all weepy about it. So, just as he's about to set him off, so he sets off his bomb, and Scarlet Witch saves him. So, at that point, she uses her powers to shoot the energy up. But it actually goes up and she loses control of it and it hits the building and it rips through the seventh floor of a hotel so of course cap says we need fire and rescue here immediately so she's completely broken up at this point so then we flash we flash forward to a old tony's old college and there's a holographic video playing of him and his parents howard and maria and So at the end of the video, and by the way, i got to say, it was a pretty touching sequence. I mean, it wasn't too emotional, but I think every single person wishes they could have some moment back in their life at some point or another. And this actually gave that person, in this case it was Tony, that chance. So during the speech, at the end of the speech, he tells all the students that each one of them has been approved for a grant. And the glasses he's using, it's interesting because of those this is the first time we see Edith. And those glasses are going to make another appearance in Spider-Man Far From Home, which we'll be doing in a few weeks. And the acronym for this is Even in Death, I'm the Hero. So you could see what kind of narcissist Tony was. So, of course, he gets off the stage. And in one of the corridors, a woman confronts him and shows him a picture of her son who had been killed in Sokovia when they were battering, battling Ultron. She actually, you know, so she leaves. So meanwhile, back at the Avengers headquarters, Captain America and Scarlet Witch are now watching footage of the attack. And the reporter says that 11 people were killed. And Steve tells her that, you know, or Steve tells him that he let his guard down. As soon as he said Bucky, it was all over. Mm-hmm. And people died because of it. You know, we can't save everyone, but we try. So Vision actually walks through the wall. Scarlet says, you know, Viz, we talked about this. Yeah, but the door was open. So I figured, well, in any event, he wanted to know when Tony got back. So he's here. And he brought a guest, and it's General Ross. It's the Secretary of State. So he basically tells them that while some people look at him as heroes, others believe that they're vigilantes. Mm-hmm. And he shows the picture of the destruction that they've done. New York, Sokovia, Washington, D.C. And then you see there's a quick shot of a dead woman. Poor Scarlet Witch is, okay, that's enough. And as the footage is playing, Rhodey then looks back at Cap like, really? This is what you did? So he sets his document down on the table. And of course, it's the Sokovia Accords. And Ross essentially says, look, it's been ratified by 117 countries. And this, the Accord states that the Avengers will operate under a panel of supervision, only acting when it, they deem it necessary. And there's going to be a meeting in Vienna in three days. And he says, you talk amongst the shelves. And Black Widow, as he's walking away, says, well, what if we don't like what we come up with? Then you retire. So the late William Hurt was amazing playing this character. Even though he didn't play it a lot, He was it was well done. Now we're introduced to, to Colonel Zemo, played by Daniel Braun. And he fakes a car accident and he pushes his way into somebody's home who's a former hydrate. And he recovers a book that the super soldiers, controls all the super soldiers. So Zemo asks him about a mission. So he he hits him and he blacks out. Camera goes to black. And the next shot you see is the guy standing or, you know, being upside down. And Zemo's going through the wall and he finds the book. And so mission report, December 16th, 1991. You know, what do you want? So he's like, look, I'm going to have to use bloodier methods in order to do that i don't want to but i will you're only going to be dying for your pride so he asks him again and then he says go to hell so he fills the, the the tub up the sink up and as he's about to drown he says hail hydra so meanwhile the team spends hours debating whether they want to sign the accords or not and tony shows him a picture of this the, the son that that woman showed him charlie spencer and he says you know he didn't want to He had a 3.7 GPA, and he could have gone to Fort Lauderdale or Paris, which I would have done. But what does he do? He goes to build self-sustaining living quarters in Sokovia. I guess we'll never know because we dropped a building on him as we were kicking ass. So Steve basically says, what's going to happen if you need to go somewhere and the panel won't allow them? And Tony replies that if they don't agree to this now, it's going to be forced on them later. So everybody chimes in at this point. So Vision comes up and says, you know, I have an algorithm. And so Falcon sarcastically says, oh, this should solve everything. So Vision explains in the eight years that Mr. Stark has said that he's Iron Man, the number of combatants or enemies has gone up exponentially. So it's essentially inviting conflict. So we know where Vision's standing. So Natasha essentially says, well, maybe Tony's right. If we have one, you know, we have to get the public to trust us. If we have one hand on the wheel, maybe we can do something. And Tony's is surprised because he says, wait a minute, I can't believe you just said that. Falcon says, aren't you the same person that a few years ago told government to go kiss their ass? And she's like, oh, no, I want to take it back. And Tony says, no, you can't retract it. So everybody's getting their two cents in, and you're starting to see where alliance is and who's going to sign and who's not. So at that point, knowing that they've reached a stalemate, Tony, you know, leads a discussion. He looks down as he gets a text message, and she says she's gone to sleep, talking about Peggy. And he says, "I have to go." So there's a stalemate. So the next shot you see is we're in London, and you see a great shot. The establishment shot is of uh, the London Bridge, and then we see the uh, the church, and you know, the pallbearers are walking down this casket, and Cap is the first one of pallbearers, and so. At the memorial service, S.H.I.E.L.D. Agent 13, Emily Van Camp, who, by the way, was the roommate across the hall from him in Winter Soldier, reveals during her eulogy that she's Carter's niece, Sharon. Of course, you know, you had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all of these other TV shows, but yeah, and she said something that was really interesting and could apply to everybody's life and, and it's really spot on i think compromise where you can where you can't don't even if everyone is telling you that even if everyone is telling you that something wrong is something right even if the whole world is telling you to move, it is your duty to plant yourself like a tree. Look them in the eye and say no. And it really goes to your belief system. If you really firmly, 100% believe that, then that's what you need to do. And so so she, she and Steve share a moment after the service where it's hinted that they're kind of romantically attracted to one another, but keep it as a friendship and professional. And so the next day, Natasha finds Steve and basically says, look, Tony's signing Jane." roadie vision involved signed on and clinton clinton won on holding out and he says well if you knew i wasn't going to sign why'd you come she says because i didn't want you to be alone so you could definitely see even though they were on opposite sides there was still the friendship there so we fast forward to vienna and this is the united nations and once again was 117 nations that were going to ratify this So Natasha meets the prince of Wakanda at this point, T'Challa, and his father. And a great introduction to T'Challa, I thought. Him just, his hands out, just looking out the window, and all he does is turn his head. And really it talks about the uncertainty about what's going on. And so no dialogue was even made. That's good acting. So Wakanda had been abundant and vibrant because of this. And this is actually what Cap Shields is made of. So some of the victims in Lagos were actually from Wakanda. And Natasha actually apologizes personally and he says, you know, I'm sorry that you know, Captain Rogers won't be joining us and she says so am I. So he takes a podium for the keynote and at that point T'Challa's looking out the window and notice security personnel surrounding a van that's parked outside. And at this point he says Get down and that's when a huge explosion rips through the building killing the king and his father. Meanwhile, back in the United States, Steve, uh, Steve is sitting in a hotel room with Sam and Sharon Carter when a news report comes in showing the destruction of Vienna. So it looks like the man who planted the bomb was Bucky. And so she gets text. She's like, I got to go to work. So she goes to Vienna and Natasha is looking around and sees hundreds of injured people. And so this is the scene where you see that they're sitting on opposite benches. And so T'Challa he picks up the ring and he puts it, slides it on his finger, and says, "You know, figure out who brings it, Barnes." He basically says, "No need. I'll kill him myself." But before that, Natasha calls Steve and tells her that it's gonna be—he has to be the one to bring in Bucky. He hangs up the phone, and because he's in Vienna too, looking at her, and Sharon sees him and hands him a file. So he walks back to to Falcon and says, "She told you to stay out of it, right?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, I just want to make sure because the people that usually end up shooting you end up shooting at me too. So Sharon basically slides a file across the bar and says, look, everybody thinks they're, uh, the winter soldier goes to their gym, but this is the only thing I've got and I need to go to a briefing right now. So meanwhile, they, they start the manhunt and it's a shoot on site order. So Bucharest, now we, we go back to Bucky and he sees that he's been accused of this, um, bombing. And so. At that point, the newspaper person across the street says, wait a minute, I know this guy. So he takes off running. And so meanwhile, so that he goes home. So he goes back to his apartment and Cap's waiting there and they have a discussion. He says, do you know me? He's like, you're Steve. The People are thinking that you did this Are coming here right now and they're going to kill you. So this is when the huge action sequence ensues. And so guns are blazing. Cap's using his shield to protect Bucky. Bucky's using his metal arm to, to deflect bullets. And the stunts here were actually really cool. So you see him jump down a couple of flights. He catches Sebastian Stan playing Bucky Barnes, catches himself on one of the railings. Then you see the Captain America jumps down a couple of flights of stairs. I mean, the whole sequence, it runs for maybe five to seven minutes, but it's an amazing stunt sequence and um, how they did it. So he says, you're going to, you know, Cap's on the ground. He's like, you're going to kill somebody. Bucky punch, you know, looks like he's going to punch Cap. He's like, I'm not going to kill anybody. So he takes his bag and he throws it out to the next building. So he gets down a couple of flights and then jumps off to the other building. And then here comes the introduction of the Black Panther. Bang. And so they have a standoff. And in which case that they're fighting. And Falcon says, who's the other guy? It's like, I don't know. Let's find out. So, and meanwhile, Black Panther is getting shot at. But of course, his suit's vibranium. So it's bulletproof. So this this whole sequence goes down and they're letting the bullets bounce off him. So he runs to the street and Cap and Falcon are following the Panther. So now they're all chasing each other. So he gets into a car, an SUV, and the Panther leaps on from one car to the next essentially gaining on Bucky. Bucky knocks a man off a motorcycle and then guns it. As I said, so the stunts go on for about five minutes, and then you have a huge chase sequence. And it was really, really well done. So at the end of it, this thing explodes, blowing a hole in the concrete. And so now you have all of these people surrounding these three or four individuals. And Cap tackles the Black Panther, and they trade blows. And then War Machine flies in says all right everybody freeze and they all get arrested so on the ride to the headquarters in berlin cap tells the prince that he has the wrong man and so the falcon and basically they have a uh a little verbal joust he's like you like cats so he tells he tells them to quit it but you know it's like no he, he just he likes cats so, and this is where T'Challa says, you know, the Black Panther was passed down from warrior to warrior for generations. Now that my father is dead, I'm the king. So I ask you, as king, you know, king and the Black Panther, do you think you're going to be able to stop me? So they get to the headquarters, and they're met by Everett Ross, played by Martin Freeman. So they have their weapons removed, and they're led inside the building, and this is where Black Widow is waiting for them. She says... This is what is going to be a much worse. So Everett takes T'Challa into one room and the other ones are led into another room. And Tony's on the phone with Ross and says, oh, yeah, there'll be consequences. Thank you, sir. So he says consequences. And he's like, yeah, you know, they're told that they won't be getting their property back because it's part of the government. So he uses T'Challa uses the influence to have Bucky extradited back to Wakanda where he'll face charges. And so he's going to be tested for his mental state. And so this is where he they, they, watches the interrogation. And they start to piece it together. Well, if you wanted somebody to get the word out, you know, you put it out in the papers. So this is when they start to figure out that he was set up. So Zemo at this point is the, we see him trying c- cut back and forth. But we see Zemo actually trying to recite the words for the super soldiers in the hotel and this device is in the closet and that is an EMP, which will be used later on. So the power is going to get knocked out so he can actually get to Bucky. So this is that sequence um, where Steve and Tony are having the conversation where, you know, Tony brings in the uh, pens, the matching pens. And he's like, you know, sometimes I just want to punch you in your perfect teeth cap says if i see a situation going south i just want to you know do the right thing so they disagree and tony essentially tells steve that wanda's being kept at the compound and so he's trying to do the best he can do since she's not a united states citizen they won't give her a visa so steve says she's only a kid and doesn't deserve to be in prison he says well there's worse ways to spend you know it's got a movie theater, and with a hundred acres, there's worse ways to, to spend your time. So he leaves without signing the accords. So Hawkeye breaks into the facility in which Vision is holding Scarlet Witch. So you see the Vision's actually trying to cook to try and make Wanda at home, but uh, that doesn't work. So he subs- he attacks Vision and is not unable to do anything, but however, Scarlet Witch can. Her powers are growing at this point, and this is when he puts Vision through the floor, like several levels. So they end up leaving. So Z- Zemo, actually already killing a Hydra agent, gets the book, and this is when he goes to the... Con- the he's in Berlin, and he starts reading the list. So the EMP has been delivered, and this is when he starts reading the list. And finally, um, he, he reads the list, Bucky recognizing it, and Natasha and, and T'Challa... So, it, at this point, yeah, so he, he that happens at, so he tries to escape Bucky, tries to escape through a helicopter on the roof, and is stopped by the captain, and he forces the chopper back into the river, and if you remember, this is the callback to Winter Soldier, because Bucky actually pulled Steve out, well, this time Steve pulls Bucky out, so this is that, the, one of the end credit scenes of one of the movies, in which you see Steve, So, his arm's in a vice, essentially. So, Bucky tells Steve that Zemo's going to Siberia, where there are several more super soldiers waiting. And he tells him, listen, these guys can destabilize a nation in one night, and you'll never see it come." Cap assembles a team of Bucky, Falcon, Hawkeye, Scarlet Witch, and Ant-Ant, played by Paul Rudd, to stop Zemo. By operating outside of all authority, they've become renegades at this point. So, Iron Man... Forms his own team, made up of Rhodey, War Machine, Black Panther, Black Widow, Vision, and the introduction to one of the greatest characters in the MCU, even to this day, and his movies made over a billion dollars each, and that was Spider-Man. We get a very age-appropriate Spider-Man and Tom Holland. Um, that whole sequence where, you know, you see him come home, he says, well, my you know, my idea is downstairs. Where's yours? He says Queens. So then he goes and you see the shot of Queens and Tom goes in and says, Oh yeah. You know, so they have the whole sequence of, that's a really cool scene. Yeah. That's a really cool sequence and how Spider-Man's introduced. So at this point we fast forward, you know, he says, have, you know, Tony says to Spider-Man, Peter, have you ever been to Germany? He's like, no, I can't go to Germany. I have homework to do. He's like, I'm going to pretend you didn't say that. So anyways, he gets him a new suit. And so this is when the big sequence happens at the end of that first trailer. where You see all the heroes come together and to start to battle each other. They're about to jump on the jet and Iron Man and, and War Machine, you know, touchdown and says, isn't it funny who you meet at the airport? He's like, yeah, it's really funny. So he's because Ross had given him 36 hours. He's like, you're going to come with us because it's us. He's like, all right, I've had enough of this under ruse. So he flips over, and then, of course, the introduction of Spider-Man. Hey there. Hey, guys. I think I even, now that I'm thinking about it, I think that I even had applause when I went to go see this in the theater. Because I know that I remember when this first trailer came out in Spider-Man. That was what everybody was talking about. It was Spider-Man. Spider-Man's introduced. And then for this whole sequence, for, I don't know, the better part of 10 or 15, maybe 20 minutes the whole airport sequence happens. Everybody's fighting each other and it's just, it's an incredible sequence, really. One of those double panel things in a comic book, which by the way, I didn't even know this until doing research about it. Civil War was like six comic books. They were graphic novels, but yeah, so unbelievable how that, uh, that was done. Anyways, as it's winding up, Vision actually draw, you know, shoots the mind stone and says, look, we have to, you know, essentially... You think you're right, right, but you're not. So he actually shoots it at the uh, one of the uh, hangers, and he knocks down the air control, traffic patrol tower. And Scarlet Witch holds it up just long enough so Cap and Bucky get through. So Natasha essentially says, you know... And she sides with Cap, and she shoots Black Panther with some uh, EMP-type of things out of her wrists. Yeah, mm-hmm. so at this point, though... Vision does something that's very unorthodox. So he shoots something out of the Mind and misses Falcon and hits War Machine. And he's just... He falls out of the sky, so at that point, he says, I'm sorry, and Tony shoots him. So, realizing they were framed, Iron Man travels to the RAF, which is essentially a super max prison, and Tony basically blocks the audio, and he asks Sam, where did the cap go? So he says, look, I'll tell you, but you have to go, and you have to go as a friend. He's like, done. At that point, you see Tony, you know, leaving. Ross says, did he give you anything? He's like, no, he told me to go to hell. But you can call me anytime. I, I'll put you on hold. I like to watch the blink. The so at this point, he, he essentially finds out that he was framed. So once he realizes that, he, he goes as, you know, Iron Man. And Black Panther is right behind him in one of the jets. So at that point, he lands... So we see Bucky and, and Cap get there and they're reminiscing about an old flame and then they go in and start to explore it. Iron Man gets there and then that's a sequence where you see immediately right after the door opens and he says, he's like, hi. He says, you look defensive. He says, well, it's been a long day. So he's like, I realized that he was framed. So at this point, they start exploring and this is when they find all of the, cryo chambers and this is when they find Zemo and so this is where the twist happened and this is a great twist and this is of course December 16 1991 was the date that Bucky the Winter Soldier killed Tony's parents so he gets the videotape out and he shows Tony the crash and of course he's he's like what's this he's like I know that road so he says to Cap did you know he's like I didn't know it was him he said did you know he's like yes so incensed they start to fight and so it goes on for a few minutes and cap eventually disa- he disables tony's arc reactor but you know bucky was about to escape and so he shot the blast door manually so then of course that's when they're down you know in that one portion I mean, it's kind of hard to describe, but you guys know what I'm talking about. So, and then, of course, that one shot, that's just the shield and his blaster together. And then, um, so then he says, "You were he was my friend. He's like, so was I. So they te- essentially Cap and Bucky tag team them. And so Tony's arc reactor blasts off Bucky's arm. He says that, you know, you know, he's like, stay down. Tony says, stay down. It's like, I can do this all day. So that's when you see Cap you know, rip the mask off and just put the shield right in the arc reactor. And he says, Tony says, you don't deserve that shield. My father built that shield. So he drops it and you could actually see the claw marks where the Black Panther actually had gone against the uh, shield. So then we go outside to the Black Panther and Zemo. And he basically... So Zemo had had this voicemail he listened to over and over throughout the movie. So he says... Black Panther says, I'm done. Vengeance is consuming. I'm done letting it consume me. And so Zemo tells the story about his family. He's like, you know, my son could see the Iron Man from outside the city. He says, oh, no, we're safe here. And he said, when the dust cleared three days later and the screaming stopped, my father was still holding my wife and his my son. He says that I've, you know, more powerful men have tried. This is cut back to the fighting. More powerful men have tried to destroy them. But if I can get to them to destroy each other, that's more than anything I could ever do or hope for. So at that point, because he f- has feel like he's done his thing, he was about to commit suicide, and Black Panther stops him. And he's like, you know, tell that to the dead. It's like the living aren't done with you. Yet. Essentially, the next shot you see is he's back and where the Winter Soldier was. You know, Martin Freeman, his character says... Meals twice a day, two bathroom breaks, get near the glass, zap. You do anything else, zap. Please give me a reason to do that. So, you know, so Zemo gets captured, essentially. So Tony is actually helping. What is happening with Rhodey is that he has paralysis. And so he partially uh, severed spinal cord and everything else. So Tony's helping Rhodey with his recovery, giving him robotic legs to recover. And this is one of the great Stanley cameos. Where he says, is this Tony Stank's house? He's, you know, where he says, never going to live that down. He's like, table for one, Mr. Stank. <sighs> yeah, so he gives package and then it contains a flip phone and a note. He basically says, look, Tony, I'm sorry that I lied to you. You know, I thought I was sparing, I thought I was sparing you the heartache, but it looks like I was just sparing myself. If you need me, I'm going to be there, but I'm also going to be there for my friends. And so the last shot you see is at the raft. And you see a couple of the guards knocked out. Meanwhile, with the voiceover, it's like, you know, Sam turns his head. If you need me, I'll be there. And he steps out into the light. So mid credit scene. So this is where Bucky elects to be put back in the cryo uh, sleep because he can't trust himself. And they have to find a way to cure his brainwashing so nobody can manipulate him. And Steve, so the shot you see is Steve. And Chichala walks in to the frame. And Steve says, thank you for doing this. He says, your friend and my father were victims. If I can help one of them in peace, that will make me feel better. And Steve says, you know, if they find these here, they'll come for him. And he said, Chichala says, let him try. And then, of course, it pans over to that huge shot of the Black Panther. And that was just awesome. So the end credit scene is Peter Parker recovering from his injuries at home, telling me that he got in a fight at school with this guy named Steve. And he was a huge guy. And he tries out a new version of the web shooter that Tony gave him. And to his fascination, it projects the Spidey signal on, on the ceiling. So he, he got a brand new suit out of it. So this is one of the best MCU movies out there. It's, I think, probably... If I had to say, I would probably say it's top seven. Easily top seven. I mean, in no particular order. You've got Black Panther. You've got Avengers Infinity War. You've got Avengers Endgame. You've got Guardians of the Galaxy. You've got the Avengers. This is right up there with Civil War and Winter Soldier. I mean, you can mix those up any way you want, but it's absolutely up there in the top seven. The writing here was impeccable. Puns that they used were, I mean, there were a couple of laugh-out moments. Even if you've seen it countless times, you may chuckle. I mean, you won't get that hearty laugh that you did the first time, but it's a chuckle, or a smile at least. The fact that you had 10 or 12 heroes in this, and they were able to put it all together, was amazing. And you could clearly tell about this movie with the first act, one, act two, and act three. So act one started or well, ended with the explosion of vienna okay act two ended with that big airport scene in germany okay so the third act was more of reconciliation okay the second act was getting all of the people together and the climax of that was the airport like i said and then at the end of act one you could definitely tell it was because of the explosion it was just was so well defined they hit a home run with winter soldier they hit a home run here with Civil War. And they were able to introduce a whole new character in Spider-Man, which, you know, in about two or three weeks, we're going to be doing a whole our next our next uh, podcast actually will be Doctor Strange next week. And then the week after that, it's going to be Spider-Man Homecoming. So we have a brand new hero coming in the MCU. And it's exciting. So this is this was a great movie. and You can tell why it made a billion dollars. This movie was just that, that good. I, you know, there aren't really enough supporters to tell about how good it was. Was it as good as Infinity War and Endgame? I mean, all films subjective. For the Captain America films, this is probably second best Captain America I mean I put Winter Soldier at one, I put this at two, and I put First Avenger at three. So yeah, it really did a lot. And I yeah, what the other thing it did too is it really put a mark on the Russo brothers, right? I mean, because this solidified how good they really were. I mean they came up with Winter Soldier and they said, okay, well, It might have been just a one-hit wonder. And then they came back and did Civil War. And it's like, okay, they got the goods. Like I said in the beginning of the podcast, these four guys, McFeely, Anthony, and Joe Russo, and saved the MCU. Because without that good of a script, Christopher Marcus, you're not talking about this. I mean, it may have taken a dip, so I loved it. This is a. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give this thing four film notes. I mean, it's as good, if not better, than you know, a handful of other movies. So I loved it. I, you know, I, I put out a tweet the other the other day, and I said, you know, I forgot how good Civil War was. It really was that good. So that is the Captain America Civil War podcast. Next week, we will be talking about Doctor Strange. That one. It's going to be really good too. I mean, now we're in a a um a pocket of like six films that are just going to be unbelievable films. So we're doing Civil War today. We got Doctor Strange next week. We got Spider Man Home Homecoming within you know a month. We're going to be talking about Infinity War and Endgame, and then Phase Four is so Phase Four will probably start beginning of august or no i'm sorry the beginning of september something right around there so yeah it's it's going to be a blast coming up on the podcast we have a lot of exciting stuff coming up guys so we have mop mondays coming up at the start of august that's going to be on apple podcast for 6.99 a month on anchor as well for 6.99 a month our first two episodes to be dropping because i want to give you guys a good uh, chunk to start we're going to be doing the 2006 best picture of the year that year with The Departed. we are starring Liron DiCaprio, Mark Wahlberg, Jack Nicholson, Brad Rushford and I did that. I'm gonna be sitting down and watching Goodfellas. So fellas is gonna be the second podcast of the first week. And then every single week, you guys are gonna be getting a brand new podcast about mumps. If you do subscribe, I will give you a shout out for every single podcast that we do. So you're getting a lot for your money. The week after that, it's gonna be Black Mass starring Johnny Depp, all about the Whitey Bulger case, better than Cumberbatch, which actually he Dr. Strange. I believe the week after that is Scarface, but you guys are going to be getting a lot of content. We are going to, so at the end of August, instead of doing, so I said in September we're going to do Rewatch Wednesdays. Instead of Rewatch Wednesdays, I figured what Elisa and I would do is do the brand new Game of Thrones series that's coming out. It, st- it starts the end of August, and it runs 10 weeks, and so we're going to be doing spoiler cast for those on every single week. That's going to run all the way up to the end of October. So I figure we'll do that, and then we'll start Rewatch Wednesdays, and when, when that does start, that will be another six ninety nine dollars So, but same thing applies. If you guys subscribe, you're going to get all that great stuff. I'm going to see Nope tomorrow, so I will... Lisa and I will be doing a spoiler cast on that. And that will be out by the end of the weekend. I'm working on another a couple of great interviews for you guys. Also, I actually have something. So if you're interested in starting your own podcast, because I know that they're big out there. And you say, well, I don't know where to start. I have something that I'm almost completed with. It's a PowerPoint. I'm going to be putting it on Fiverr. It's 10 points and it's going to be $250 in a 90-minute Zoom call. I'm going to give you everything you need to do and everything you need to have in order to start your own podcast just like this. I'm going to show you what the analytics are. I will show you demographics. I will show you subjects. I'll show you everything you need to know. My goal is to have that up by the first week of September. I'm looking to hopefully Start a YouTube channel September, October. You know, I want to start, you know, all these flashback Fridays and what I want to start putting those on YouTube. Yeah, there is a lot of stuff coming up the uh, rest of this year, guys. So stay tuned, please. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, hit the follow button. Send me a tweet at wannabe rounder. That's W-A-N-N-A-B-E-R-O-U-N-D-E-R. Tell me that you've followed me on Apple Podcasts. Give me your name and I will be glad to give you a shout out. And tell all your friends about us too. We're still trying to get the word out about this. We've only been going a few months, but I'm looking to give you guys the absolute best content I possibly can. Okay. Yeah, that's about it. Thank you very much for you guys sticking around for close to an hour. This has been an absolute treat. And until next week, I'm David Steele, and you have been listening to Real Talk.